Welcome to the Generation Influencer Podcast. I am your host, Sean Hanif, CEO of Athlete, where we help influencers launch their own brands. We've been quite successful over the last two years, with the company now being worth $10 million. And our clients have a combined following of $20 million, which gives us a lot of experience in this industry. This podcast is all about showing how influencers are also entrepreneurs and how they should be thinking of themselves as businesses. We break down everything from how to grow your channel, monetization strategies, marketing, and what it really takes to grow and scale your business to the next level. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of my podcast. It's um, been a very good um, last two weeks for myself and athletes. So we recently actually just manufactured our first batch of slimes, which was very interesting. We ended up doing it in our own warehouse, which made things a lot easier. Initially, the plan was to do it like in a rented kitchen, but we chose warehouse so we can have all the stock in one place, easier to ship to the customers. And um, besides that, we've um, actually got some new Grace pro- uh, Grace for UK products coming out. So in the final stages, we're just putting that together. And um, yeah, and besides that, loads of new influencers we're currently speaking to, trying to make the deals, trying to build some new products. Quite a few products are in production right now. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff happening. And um, today's episode is actually quite interesting because we have a YouTuber who has managed to like use I would say like something that's like trending to kind of create her own brand out of it and she's really a I would say like a student of YouTube and has managed to understand how it works and get like the algorithm almost to like work in her favor so she gets more views and she gets bigger so Talisa do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Talisa and I currently have around 730,000 subscribers on YouTube. I've been on YouTube for about three and a half years now and I found that over three years, it kind of was quite a slow journey. I think I got 2,000 subscribers in maybe eight months, so that was quite slow moving and now I gain about 2,000 subscribers a day, so it's really been a long journey to get here, but it's all been worth it and I feel like through all of your mistakes, you definitely learn the ropes a lot more, so... I don't think it's particularly bad that I got like it took so long for me to get here but I found that in March of this year it just completely took off. I went from having 90,000 subscribers to now 700,000 so it's almost been a year and that is just insane for me to gain 600,000 in that time but yeah it, that's essentially what I do and I started off doing more normal stuff and then transitioned into slime after taking a short break and just getting re-inspired and finding new trends. Okay, I think before we get any further, so slime is essentially a toy, so like a kid's toy that you play with. It's very similar to like Play-Doh for anyone um, that remembers when they were younger. And um, it's a mixture of like glues and then you add like different scents and flavours to it and it becomes like this sticky little ball that you can play with. Um, it's very popular with kids. It's actually the number one most searched thing on Google in 2017. More than like Mayweather versus McGregor. More than like how much LeBron makes. Which is crazy if you think about it, put in the context. So there's more people searching how to make slime than anything else in the world. So, which is why Talisa is doing what she's doing. 
So yeah, I guess the first thing that came to my mind even when we first like spoke so like why slime? Like it's a very odd thing to like get into as a YouTuber because most YouTubers are doing daily vlogs, you know, um showing what they wear, what they eat and it's more like that angle, but your channel is very different. So yeah, why slime? I started off reposting people's slime videos actually, and it was just because I enjoyed watching a few of them. I remember watching it at first and being like this is so strange, like why would anyone watch it? And then obviously when you click on things they appear more on your explore on Instagram and when they did I just found more videos that I liked but the save feature wasn't on Instagram at that time so I didn't have a way to save all my favorite videos and I was like how do I do this so I downloaded a repost app and I just made an Instagram to put all of this stuff on one place and then all of a sudden I started getting loads of followers on that and people were asking how do you make it and I was looking on YouTube and there was maybe like one or two people that were doing it but they weren't doing the ones that were being requested but I noticed that on Instagram that were a lot of tutorials so I kind of got a background knowledge into how to do it and then when I got making the YouTube videos I went from having 5000 views per video to literally 1.2 million in 2 days so that was just an insane growth no, so you what you made like your own review video is that what you said no 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 it was tutorials so it okay. was to show people how to make it and there was this whole scandal on um one girl had an allergic reaction to borax and everyone was like how do you make no borax once so i think that was my second slime video i ever did and that just went through the roof and i just kind of started listening to what people wanted to see and then started making my videos off that right okay so um borax is an ingredient that either you some people prefer it or don't cuz like if you use too much of it it can cause like an a uh, reaction so so i guess you saw that people wanted a no borax tutorial and you created that yeah. and that's the one that got lots of views. Yeah. Okay. And it's not particularly that um if you use too much of it it creates like a bad reaction. It's just if some people are sensitive to it or have broken skin, so it isn't everyone. But yeah, that was what kind of kicked off and I realized that was a trend so I started doing that weekly. Kind of gained a following from that and then tested the waters with different things on the side, so I was posting two or three videos a week. Right, okay. So that's kind of like how you got into slime. Um did you think then that like this is what I'm going to be like doing from no. now is this what my content's going to be about Literally or never would have thought that. It was just because I'd taken a break because I just become uninspired. I felt like I was putting a lot more work in than the not rewards I was getting out but more in than I was getting out of it. So I just thought I'm just not getting what I want. from YouTube anymore and it's just making me sad more than anything else. So I want to just take a break. Took like 6 months off and then just made this video I thought as a one off. And then when I realized it was getting so many views, I was like, well I might as well do more. And I would have never ever thought that first of all the slime trend would have lasted this long, but second of all that it would have become my job. And it's such a weird thing to explain. Like every time I meet someone I'm just like, yes, I play with goo for a living. And they're just like, "Oh, that's really interesting. Do you have any with you?" And it's just like, "Well, no, I don't carry it around." <laughs> but um yeah, it is really really bizarre that it's just become my job. I think um so you when you said you took a break it's quite uh, what I love to do is like focus more on like when things weren't so good yeah. so so you were doing what well, what content were you doing before just the normal stuff like hauls beauty tutorials and I was seeing all these things that were popular like people were buying makeup from Primark and trying that on and people were trying um DIYs like beauty DIYs there were two really really big YouTubers at the time called Nicole Skies and Natalie's Outlet and they 
had like 60,000 followers when they started off trying all these trends and then they kind of grew to like a million almost overnight like in within six or eight months they were just huge and I noticed all their videos were getting over a million and I was just like I want in like I could see that this is trending but because I already had a semi following behind me the stuff that I was doing wasn't getting as many views as I had followers so it wasn't being promoted and then I was, it was just so frustrating because you're like these people are doing the exact same thing I feel like my content's as good and looking back on it it wasn't as good because you're frustrated and you're trying to be good so it isn't natural it isn't what you're really loving but um yeah that's that's why I got frustrated because it's it's just so annoying to see someone else doing so well doing pretty much the same things that you're doing I guess for a lot of people, they look at what's popular and they're trying to like emulate that, right? Definitely. Um, in one of the early episodes, I had um, Brandon and he, where his thinking was that he just pretty much like focused on himself because he's more like a daily vlogger. So I just, he just focused on his own content and didn't really look at like what's popular. And then I guess you got to hope that people like what you do yeah. and are you cool enough? So, but yeah. that's quite hard to pull off because that means you got to like structure your day in such a way that's entertaining. Mm. Um, and then people were like it. So I guess in your case, you tried to do what was popular, wasn't working. Um, but so what else were you doing in life at that time? So like, were you a student? I, I wasn't a student. I didn't go to university. I was trying to get into drama school, which is extremely competitive. I think there's like 15 people, 15 to 30 people accepted out of 5,000 applicants. So it was really, really intense. And I did get a bit of success at the end and I got further than I thought I would. But then when you're getting so close, normally people are excited. And I was just like, I don't really want to do it anymore because it had been two years since I tried to do it. And you just tell people like, oh, I'm working towards this. And then you kind of get there and you're no longer working towards it you're like oh, I didn't actually want to do it in the end like it's just something to say that I was working towards so I was trying to get into acting took a bit of a break from that when YouTube started uh, like to kick off I had one video that got really big I had like 9,000 subscribers at the time and I think that video has like 10 million views now and um, it was really weird it didn't kick off for two months it had maybe a thousand views in the first month and then at the end of the second month it had nine thousand and then every two days it was getting two thousand views and then slowly that adds up so um that was what I was earning my money off and I was just hoping that something like that would happen again so I was just doing random things in the background and then as you explained um you saw this like slime opportunity Mm -hmm. almost put this video out and it worked was there any other videos like this that you did that didn't work or was slime literally the first one it's, it's hard to say like I did dabble in DIY stuff before but it's really tough when you're not on the screen because I feel like when you're on the screen and you're talking to someone it's very easy to just watch it because it's watchable and it's natural and it flows but when it's something where you're not in it it has to be of a very high quality and the visuals have to be good and then the audio has to be good it's very different from actually sitting in front of the camera so it, unless it's really hd and really well produced it just doesn't work and for that to happen you need to put like three days aside because when i do my review videos of like slime shops that have slime that and sell it for like 18 pounds people want to know what it's like but i can't do a bad shot of it because i know that people are going to click off because they're not watching something that's flowing and constant it has to be good content okay no i understand yeah so you made the first video um started to work and did were you just like kept to like the same formula for a bit and see like what happened yeah I always I always do the same thing so I try out new things and try to create um new trends almost so I did the 
review reviewing slime videos recently and a lot of people have started doing that and gaining followers off that and I found that since that my views have gone down on that just because so many more people are doing it and when that happens you need to hop onto something else but it's quite hard to test the waters and find something new because when you're trying to find something new it never happens naturally and people don't really want to watch it so I do stick with the same stuff for a certain amount of time for like maybe three months four months it depends on how long it's lasting and then I'll try and transition gradually in the background. But if that doesn't work, then it is a bit of a weird process because what I find really disheartening is everyone can see your views. So when you're not doing well, you go from like having two million views to half a million, which is still a lot of views, yeah. but it's a quarter of what you're used to. So it does like dent your ego a bit. I think what's quite fascinating for me is like for you, the way you're you, you just explaining that because you're so into like the views and the numbers and why is this happening? Why is that happening? Which, which is quite a different approach from like other influencers that I've had on the podcast um, as well that it's it's uh, it's different how did you know how did you like how did you really get into like the number side of stuff you know oh it's, it's really addictive like when you're going on real time and you're seeing how many people are there you're just like I need this for every video and when it keeps going up you're, it's just you just need to do more and you're driven even if you're staying up till like 12 in the evening you want to wake up at 6 in the morning to like wake up and do your work and it's just this constant cycle of just wanting to get better and yeah you do get addicted to it more than anything and it isn't that I'm like oh if I don't get this many views I'm never going to make a YouTube video again it's just so nice to get it and you really thrive when you are achieving that so okay yeah I guess it's fun to like see the numbers come in yeah and it's not it's not that oh I'm getting more money off it but you do but it isn't about that it's just so fun to see that you're growing and that you keep growing and that it's keep it keeps going up but then it's also really really detrimental to your health like your mental health when you see it going down you're just like what am I doing wrong like it's the same thing but yeah I am I am pretty view orientated so when you um you started making the slime videos you said uh, from last March was it and then yeah like last March last April Okay, so the, the the subscribers started to come. Everything was working. Um, what happened, like, from there in, in terms of you decided to like just full time, then just just become like let's just call you a slime influencer? Yeah. Um. Well, I actually got a bit ill last year, so I couldn't really do a normal job. So I was kind of like, well, because I can't really leave the house and I have to just watch my health a lot. I might as well just invest all my time in it, and it really paid off like I'm so glad that I did but if if I wasn't in that situation I probably would have got out and just tried to get a normal job but then with YouTube I feel like to be really really good at it you need to just invest all of your time and spend all your time replying to emails watching other people's videos I think is the biggest thing because when you're watching other people's videos you're getting um just interested in what they're doing and inspired as well you're seeing what's working for other people and you're not falling out of touch and thinking like oh I'm the greatest you notice who your competitors are you notice that you have competition and it's healthy competition you're not like oh I need to like tear them down it's just that they're there and you need to keep working otherwise you're going to fall I guess the thing that jumps out is that again you know you got to be very on it in terms of being aware of um, your industry and who's your competitors and what's going on, what works, what doesn't. So even though my people think that you can make a video, get loads of views and you're going to become big, if you don't put the work in after that, and um, I guess then it would fall apart. And then in your case, it didn't because, you know, you stayed on top of and realizing what works, looking at the analytics. Um, cool. What have you like learned in your like this like YouTube journey in the last year? Meaning... 
you know, we had a guest on before and he was saying, you know, live is very good or posting every day is very good. What have you seen works? I'd argue against posting every day, actually, because I feel like if unless you're really motivated and that's actually what you want to do, if you're just putting content out for the sake of putting content out, I know that from experience, I stop watching people because I feel like if they post one excellent video a week or even one a month, I would go back and I, I know that that video is going to be good. But if they're posting three videos a week and I've watched like six in the last month and they haven't been particularly good or engaging I'm not going to watch them again and that's the sad truth I will say subscribe but I'm not going to interact with them as much just because I don't feel like it's going to be worth my time anymore so I I do take breaks here and there and not necessarily because I don't have content just because I don't feel like some of it's good enough to put out there and I don't want to lose that following and I actually recently took a I think like four or five week break and my views have stayed the exact same and that's another thing when you post more videos when I post three a week eventually they will grow to the same amount of views as the rest of my videos if I post like weekly so if I post three times a week, each video will get half a million in the first week. If I post one video a week, that one video will get a million, maybe like 700,000, a lot more, just because there isn't as much of a selection. But then when people get bored, they go back to your channel anyway, if they know that you have good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I find that myself as well. Mm. I think the I think the one thing to address is with, with yourself is, so you create like this slime content that people like watch. Do people know, like, who, like, the real Talisa is? I know. I think that you can get kind of snippets from little, like, flubbers of my words. Like, I'll just be like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And I'll start giggling at one point. And they do pick up on that and they do sense your personality. But I haven't put myself out there as much as... I don't want to say as I want to, but I, I wish people did know me a bit more. But it's very scary to kind of put myself out there now because I've gone from having 90,000 to 700,000 subscribers since I last was on there so I feel like it will just be a, a huge culture shock if people come and say hi to me in the street or something because I haven't been used to it and it will just be an exposure to far greater people and it hasn't been a gradual journey so it's one of those scary things but I haven't I haven't put myself out there as much but and it's also really scary because like whenever the camera is in your face I have a DSLR and it's just a huge lens so it's just really scary but if I have my vlog camera out and I am planning to start vlogging soon that isn't anywhere near as scary because it's just like you're recording yourself on snapchat or your phone or something like that but if you had a choice would you want people to know who you are in that way what i mean by that is like um because obviously you're you know you all if if, if you check uh, talisa's videos out you'll see that the content is like focused around the slime mm-hmm. with talisa not being in the content so much herself that's why i think it's a bit in a way, when you're talking about not having to post for a few weeks or something, maybe it's a bit easier for you because your content is more that anyone can come anytime and look at it. They're not coming back to see, oh, let's see what Talisa's up to, mm-hmm. almost. So maybe posting less kind of works for you, but not too sure if it would work for someone who's like sharing their life more yeah. because people would come back to find out like what's going on with you. or Because normally if one of those guys stopped, people would probably forget about them. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like, if you had a choice, would you want people to know you more? To a certain extent, I feel like... um certain things can be invasive like I recently went through a breakup I mentioned in one comment I went through a breakup and now every single comment is like oh where's this guy and then loads of people reply like oh they broke up and it's like how do you know that I replied to one comment so they even though I'm not putting myself out there 
per se like in a video or something like that even replying to little comments they do get to know you and they do read it because obviously on instagram it d- does show up on like your featured thing essentially um so you don't have to put yourself out there so much like recording your life and things like that but even putting little comments out little stories they do get to know you and I feel like that is a comfort zone for me and that is kind of where I want to stay for now but I do gradually want to put snippets of myself out but I just don't know how much will be too much and I feel like if I put too much of myself out there I'll feel that people will have enough to judge me on and if they write mean things about me on the internet I'll get like really offended and be like oh no they hate me type thing it is like gossipguru.com or something, I think. Yeah. So we've had a few of other influencers have reached out to me and um, I've heard them talk about it as well. Like, it's really hard to see comments about yourself. Like, because people yeah. generally start a thread and be like, can you believe how fat she is? And, you know, and then people just sit and talk and it's quite hard to oh, like, obviously what people do. I have uh, read those sites before. I've never p- partaken in like writing comments because that's horrible. But I do read them occasionally just because I find it interesting that someone will invest so much of the time writing paragraphs on paragraphs about how much they hate someone. And it's just like, what fuels that hate? And in the end, it's jealousy. Like the people on YouTube or Instagram or stuff, the people who are being written about have a lot of followers and have stuff going for them. And I guess when you're in traditional jobs, like you earn a lot less than YouTubers and things. And it must be so frustrating because there are people who I know who have gone to like LSE and things like that. And they're earning a fraction of what I earn. And it's not to say that they can't do what I'm doing. It's just one of those things of luck and they've put in so much work than I know I have. And even though I do pour a lot of myself into my videos, they have essentially invested money and time into like three years of a degree and then it hasn't paid out as much. Yeah, and that's kind of like issues, yeah. Yeah, and that's the like route you're told to go down as well. So I think it's frustrating for people and that's why people go on these sites and vent about it because they're just not happy with themselves. And that's essentially what it is. Like you would never go on one of these sites and be like, oh, this girl's fat. Like I hate this girl. And that's what I always say, like, when I get hate comments, it's just like, what place do you have to be in to write this? So I guess, you know, you're kind of bit protected in that way. Mm, 100%. But do you, like, run, like, personal accounts and do you like stories and Snapchats and that sort of stuff or I, completely no? I do stories on my Slime account occasionally and I do come, like, sometimes just, like, and just post loads of things and they they do really love it, but I tend to then draw back over the next two weeks or something like that but I do have a personal account I don't post on it much but with the Instagram algorithms I am very conscious of it at the moment because if people interact with one of my video one of my um, photos a month I'm going to stay at the top of their feed but if I'm posting every day then I know that maybe I can start syncing so again it's one of those things of algorithms trying to stay relevant more than I don't want to share myself on Instagram right okay I think it's something that you told me once before we were speaking when you came to our office was you've almost like been kind of always gaming the aspect of trying to get more views 100%. so yeah just tell us tell us kind of stuff that you do so i think the most important thing about getting views is the titles you use and also the thumbnails because the titles are things that people search so when i see things that are like uh best booty workout ever you have to try this it's like well i'm not going to search booty workouts you have to try i'm just going to search like how to grow a big bum and it is as simple as that like that's all you have to do and then i feel like people overcomplicate their tags a lot as well so they'll put things like pewdiepie and ksi and joe weller and things like that to try and get views because they know those are big things like the joe weller and ksi boxing match everyone tuned into that and pewdiepie obviously is a huge influence but then if it's not related to your title 
title or something in the video, then YouTube won't promote it. So you're not helping anyone. And you only have 500 characters in that. So you really don't want to waste it. And I feel like with tags, it's very important to mention things in your title. So if I say how to make slime, instead of doing like how as one tag and then two as another I will just put the whole sentence in because people aren't just searching how and it won't appear on the search engines and you can download things like I use a software called vidIQ and it shows where your tags are in the rankings so when you search in the youtube ranks it will say this tag is 14th and I found that as I've grown in subscribers naturally I start at the top just because I am a bigger influencer but when you have less followers you do start at 30 but then obviously you work your way up with views not swearing in your videos YouTube has so many rules now like there are certain things you can't do you can't even like mention Tide Pods otherwise your videos get demonetized and there is this weird thing that you have to really censor yourself while still trying to be yourself and be natural in your videos so I think just be very aware of things that are happening. Maybe Google like a couple of times a month, like like YouTube and just see what's happening in the news, see what's happening on Twitter, things like that. Um, but yeah, I think... So you, you think they like look at the audio? Is that what you're saying? That th- yeah, like they, the algorithm understands the audio and then The audio decide. in your videos is created into a transcript. So there is a script of your stuff and people can create it in different languages and things like that so as soon as they hear something that sounds like Tide Pods even if it's like Mide Pods they might mistake it and just completely demonetize it and if you say like the F word or anything like that again it's not suitable for advertisers that's the excuse they put the umbrella like over but um yeah, and then they won't put any ads on your videos, but then they'll still run ads and just won't let you earn money. So it's, it's weird. It's Yeah. Do you think it also stops them, like, pushing your content, do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, there are two YouTubers I love watching, and they have one channel they're married. They're called H3H3 Productions. They are so funny. It's Ethan and Hila. And their videos just don't get promoted. I have to go straight onto their channel to do it. And it's just because they talk about taboo stuff. They joke about taboo stuff. And they just aren't doing stuff that YouTube particularly agrees with but it's not that they're doing anything wrong it's just not PG enough for YouTube How do you know this stuff? Because they talk about it and I watch everyone like I I really do make an effort I put two hours of my day aside in the morning to watch everyone it sounds like a lot but when it's your job like if you were doing any other job you would spend so much time looking into other businesses what they're doing coming up with strategies and this is no different it's a job you have to try and stay relevant and you can't just think that people love you and they're just going to stick around forever if you're not putting the work in you're just going to disappear aren't you that's amazing i think there's a clear um piece of learning there value that um what you need to do to get you know your content out there and to make sure like youtube like is is, um being nice to you i guess and um letting the work that you put in actually being seen by people um people can you can easily jeopardize yourself as you just mentioned I think you also mentioned something else to me, like a way of like trying to get your videos trending. Um, I remember you were telling me something around like, I think if you do lots of comments or if you're liking comments yes, or the engagement. interact with your comments and your commenters, then it just sees it as interactions. It won't see it as the creator is replying. They'll just see like 5,000 comments. And this just boosts it a lot. Like in my first 20 minutes, I tend to get 
maybe like 9,000 views and then all of a sudden I'm getting a thousand views per minute and it just goes up so so much and that's all because of me interacting with my comments and it does it really grates you down because when you've been filming and editing all day and then at seven o'clock you then reply for three hours to like thousands of comments you get so tired and you do burn out a lot more but for me it's completely worth it but you don't have to reply to as many as um, I do I think that if you reply to maybe as many as you can in the first 20 minutes it'll still be just as good but um, I just do it because I'm scared that people will see that I've been replying to others and not come back <laughs> but I think it does build that thing of um, what you were saying if you put yourself out there people get used to you but when they know that when you comment when you like they comment on your videos they're sometimes going to get a response it's going to make them want to comment more so it makes not only viewers return but commenters and interaction and when there are new people then grow- coming in then it just helps your growth in every aspect yeah. I, lo- I love the way that you're saying this is a way that art oh, is like so normal, but it's not normal. Um, <laughs> I think that's the that's the main thing. It's like gamification. You're understanding the gamification aspect of it mm. and you're playing on that to make it work. So so like you said, if I comment on each one, it's another interaction, another interaction. People might think, yes, she's responding. Let me try again. I'll try in the next video. Yeah. So these are all little, little, little things, all the extra effort um, to grow your channel, to get more people to see you. It's that thing, isn't it? Because when you get haters disliking, that helps you as well. That's what people never know. Oh, sometimes it does. Like, I find that my videos at the beginning, it was just people that I knew disliking it, just like, oh, I don't want it to do well or I don't like her or whatever. And they were disliking it. But if the views, if, if the dislikes are kind of like half the amount of likes, then it doesn't really do anything. Like, it, it won't damage your video at all. But if your dislikes are more than your likes, it just promotes it like crazy. Like, that happened on my first viral video. Loads of people were disliking it. They were obviously just like, why is this weird girl putting I did a how to grow your hair overnight video and obviously you can't grow your hair overnight but like little things to help you like grow it gradually and I put an egg on my head essentially and I crack an egg and it's like a raw egg and it does help like the protein and the whites of the egg and then there's something in the yolk that helps as well but um yeah people were obviously just like why is this girl being so whack and putting an egg on her head and they were just disliking it and disliking it and I was just like oh this is so disheartening and then I realized that it wasn't doing anything damaging to me. Like people can do what they want. They can say what they want. But in the end, at the end of the day, any interaction is interaction. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. But obviously that's having that viewpoint. Yeah. So you're seeing it as uh, something else. <laughs> really, most people would be like, shit, why, why are we doing this? Um, yeah. So look, you've, what you said now, you're on like 700,000 something. Yeah, 730,000. Um, and I gain about 60,000 a month even when I'm not posting, weirdly enough. But I think it's one of those things that when you have three videos a week for a whole month, that's creating, what, like 12 videos for people to watch just as a backlog. So people are just constantly watching you, no matter how often you're posting with new videos. Do you know stuff like how many people come back and like watch more than one video or they, that they sort of stuff? They re-watch videos, weirdly enough. Like they watch the videos again if they're considering buying from shops, if it's the review videos or if they maybe watch the tutorial and they're like, okay, well now I'm going to make it. And then some people just like the sound of my voice. So they're just like, oh, I just watched it because I love you. And it's just like, thank you. But um, yeah, they, they do they do rewatch, And it's one of those things that once you start watching it, it's extremely addictive and because you're not in the video no one can annoy you they can't be like oh her eyebrows are so close together or she has such a shrill voice like I have a bit of a telephone voice like if you watch my videos after this you're going to be like she doesn't talk like how she does in her videos but when you'll be like hi guys it's very different from just having a natural conversation but yeah people do rewatch it and um 
especially when they miss you like I know I I do that with YouTubers that haven't posted in a while I'm just like oh I wish they come back this is my favorite video it doesn't have to particularly have anything in it it just has to be watchable so what, what's the industry like in, in, in slime meaning um who else is out there that's like bigger than yourself or you know are you reaching the top already like is it saturated do you think there's more room for you to grow like where are you in the industry so in the youtube world i think i'm quite high up the biggest one is definitely karina garcia and she's just doing amazing like she has her own brand she's been on tours she's just done all of this amazing stuff and she has eight million followers now and then um eight million on youtube on youtube and she does slime as well yeah Okay. Um, she had her. She had like um, five million before she started doing slime, and then because she was the biggest, hers was the most promoted. And obviously, she was excellent at it. But she also started slime ages ago. Like one of her first videos was actually slime, weirdly enough, and that was three or like two or three years ago. So she did touch on it before anyone else. So does she put her personality out there? Like fully? yeah, yeah. She's in the video. She's very bubbly. She's very easy to watch, and she also has like vlog channels and things like that. And who else, obviously? So that's the top? Um, yeah, that's the top. And then there's another user called Andrea times Andrea. And some people might know who's like Peachy Babies because everyone has like pseudonyms they go under for their um, shops and things like that just because it's more fun to go under them. No, it's just Talisa Tossel. <laughs> but um, yeah, everyone has ones and they're called like raindrop slime, glitter slimes, things like that. They tend to incorporate slime in there. But yeah, she's then the second and I think I'm then the one after that. So third in the whole of the slime community, but top of the UK. So there's no one else with more YouTube subscribers than you in the UK in to do with slime? To do with slime, yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned there like this other girl, you know, she has her own brand there. So I think before we get into like what's your moving and going forwards, I think... Being a slime influencer, is it like being like a normal vlogger in terms of when it comes to like making money or um, working with brands? Like, are you do you get loads of emails? Like, let's just say compared to um, a, a vlogger that's you know um, sharing, sharing his life. Like, is there is there a difference in the opportunities you get? I get paid a lot more for ads because I'm not in the videos, so they know that it's not just going to be like me showing my phone like hi guys buy this they know that it's going to be the actual content on the screen and they know that the voiceover can be re-recorded and very precise and I can they they never tend to send me scripts they send me like points and then I send over like a frame of what I want to do okay so you're talking about brands here brands yeah yeah we agree the monetary deals at the beginning and people I've met through like work parties and things like money doesn't tend to come up because it's kind of a crude subject but when it does people are like oh I saw you worked with this brand and I worked with them too and then you get to talking and they're like oh I can't believe they paid this much and then you're never the one to be like oh they actually paid me a lot more but um, if it comes up and someone asks you first and then they're like oh I got paid like a third of this then you look at the content and yes views pay a massive part because the more people you're reaching the more people like are going to pay you more but if you're showing different things on screen, if you're showing the products on screen, I know that I'd pay a lot more if I was like selling a mug, if they were showing the mug close up, like doing a 360 of the mug and really going into it rather than just showing their personality and selling themselves more. I want my product being sold. I think in context of, um, let's just say, like your emails, like do you get a lot of brands getting in touch with you? 100%. And they're really good ones, like really, really big ones that I would have never expected to reach out. And... Um, 
when I look at other YouTubers, they have great brand deals and they have more of them. But I feel like when you do more brand deals, it's less exclusive and then the bigger brands tend not to reach out. So the brand deals I do, I do them like maybe once every three months. And I really like doing games on my phone because like I said, you can really show them and like just put it in front, like play the games. And I tend to get to play the games before I agree to do the things because they say in the email it's for this game and then I test it out and try it but um that's another thing actually if you don't get to try the product I don't think it's worth promoting because you're then associated with that brand so if they get any bad press or anything bad comes of that product when someone buys it you you are also going to get the repercussions even though you have nothing to do with it like um there was a really sad story about this girl who was promoting a I think it was like a ice cream maker and it was like a pressurized pot and she just shook it up in one of her Instagram videos and exploded and she died like it was just awful and that's for like a 20 second clip and you don't want to go with brands who you don't get to try and you don't actually know are safe like that's another huge thing because when people are like come to this place in london and we can discuss things like if it's not in a really busy location i would advise you never to go there have been certain things where they're like oh there's this huge celebrity that like we want you to meet and like we want her to be like surrounded by influencers and then you look online and you see if anyone's tweeted about it and no one has and you're like this can be really dodgy like you have to really safeguard yourself and i do get a lot of those emails and because i don't put myself out there i am just wondering if it is just subscribers and people who want to meet me or if it's something legit or something completely not legit so in your mind do you think there's not much difference between like yourself and any of the influencers you think like even though you're focused on slime there's still plenty of opportunities because i guess your demographic is young kids there's a lot of brands that are aimed at young kids and you know they would potentially you could um, advertise their products i think that um the opportunities i receive because they are kids they think that kids are just going to buy whatever and that isn't always the case it depends on what you're selling like no one's just going to buy anything it has to actually be appealing to people um but yeah in terms of brands approaching me i don't think it's hurt my career at all and like you said it was the most googled thing and people are aware of that like it was posted in all of the newspapers so anyone who reads newspapers if they are the people who like read that type of stuff or even just look online then they are aware of it and they're not going to be like oh it's a weird trend and it is a weird trend but um yeah when there aren't many people who do it and there's people who are constantly getting a lot of views you're still going to get brands nice um and you've always like looked after you like your business yourself yeah i i'm very very keen on doing that and keeping it that way until i absolutely have to but i I don't see a situation in which i would have to get management because i work with you in selling my products and when i do that i don't really feel like there's anything else i need help with there's no one that i need to answer my emails i quite like looking through them myself choosing what brand deals and what events i want to go to and um also just my youtube channel i like keeping all that income for myself it's all of my work no one's actually helping me and i'm not struggling with ideas so i don't really feel like i need any help there and then what is left for management to do so it's not needed in your opinion do you feel like that's the way influencers should be doing it I, yeah I do because I feel like people get complacent once they get management they're like oh just talk to my manager and they think that people are going to come up with the ideas and yeah they can come up with the ideas but you have to remember they have like 50 people on their rotor and they're going to try and create ideas for all of them and when you're like you're really into fitness so you'd be able to look at someone and be like oh this would be a really good trend and this is an awesome fitness thing to do but if I were to look at it I'd just be like oh wow someone's growing their bum like oh, I want that it's not like specific so I feel like when people get management they're just 
yeah they just lose their touch and you've gotten so far by yourself why do you want to give that up like you have that star quality by yourself don't then like take a back seat and expect someone else to do the work yeah I think people are like I've made it I've got to this stage now I need someone's going to come and now make the rest of my dreams come true mm. and it's almost like the same because it happens to me in my business too I'm always like oh but what if I just hire this one person and then he's going to do this and then that would mean I'll get there being the end it ends up being that I just got to do it myself yeah. I've got to research it myself or figure it out myself so it's very similar to that like for yourself so you just said that you know you like to um, do things by yourself mm-hmm. do you think like by doing that you'll be able to reach like the most potential for yourself a hundred percent and it enables me to learn skills that I'll then be able to apply to jobs once I leave YouTube and I don't I don't want to leave YouTube but everything has an expiry date like even the greatest people are losing a lot of views now and there are people with eight million subscribers you have like 30,000 views and it, it is one of those things that you need to stay on the ball and you need to keep growing and even if it's not in skills that you're necessarily going to apply to your YouTube channel in the future it's skills that you're learning yourself because if you know how to do your own tax for example you can then learn how to do accountancy and you have excel knowledge and things like that it's just little things and it yeah it's really about staying on the ball I think it's obviously you enjoy learning and um, that's not the case for every single person but What's the end goal with where you are today? Like, you know, are you, would they be like a brand? You know, like, is it your own brand? Like, what is the ultimate goal in your slime YouTube journey? Like, what's the ceiling for you? I honestly have no idea because I've, I feel like I'm always bursting with ideas. And then every time I think of something great, I'm just like, oh, but this is even better. So yes I would love to expand my brand and keep bringing out products because that would just be amazing and it's so fun to like have something with your name on it and that's what all my friends are finding really cool they're just like can I get a slime and it's like well yeah I'll get you one but <laughs> it has to be on the download and with my actual YouTube I don't necessarily want to keep it as a slime one because I think that is a trend that's going to die out but I will keep it slime focused for now while slowly introducing things like on the weekend of my stuff so I won't I think this is what people get wrong as well when they're switching over content or trying to find new stuff it's very easy to abandon what you gained a following for and then no one's interested like no one actually wants to interact with it so if one of your fitness people then went into sign they'd all just be like why is she playing with goo all of a sudden but if I were to do three videos a week like I'm doing that's actually a bit more than I'm doing they'll still feel like they're guessing that stuff that they subscribe for and then just a bit extra no one's going to complain about getting extra they're just going to complain if it's not the stuff they're there for you know you just mentioned that some people like they've got like eight million don't get any views why do you think that is i think it's one of the things again about getting management and then becoming complacent and expecting people to do it for you or another thing um i've experienced is when you do well it's very easy to just be like this is just going to be around forever like i don't need to actually do any work people are going to watch whatever i put out and then you realize that slowly that doesn't happen and then you just get used so used to your lifestyle and that what i find about youtube as well is because you're working by yourself at home when you're earning money it isn't like going to a job and feeling like you're earning the money it's just like numbers appearing on a screen because compared to other jobs I reckon YouTube is easy like it isn't like manual labor it isn't like waitressing and I say those things because they're really emotionally draining and demanding but even if you're an accountancy job and you're going to work every day you're knowing you're doing that journey to work and you're then doing stuff and then coming home and it actually feels like you're doing work but with YouTube you're staying in your house you're taking breaks whenever you want your own your own boss and it's just kind of like a hobby isn't it 
and then you're earning money from it and you're just like well I'm earning money from nothing like I don't actually have to do anything and then you just get complacent in just everything but it's complacency is the biggest thing across the board like if you don't do your own content if you just get used to your lifestyle just everything you just you've got to really stay grounded and just realize this isn't going to be around forever you need to learn skills and you need to think about what's coming next because tomorrow like if I upload and I got no views I would have to think about where my money's going to come from like I I don't have a particularly luxurious lifestyle but I have like a one that I'm accustomed to and I would want to just kind of stay I think the key thing is that even if you have subscribers you still have to probably the same effort into your content like that's the main thing that not that I have 700k now that I can put anything out and people are going to love it you have to you want to improve more than anything because once you've got like I'm projected in six months time to hit a million and if I don't get it in six months I know that I'm just going to be like I've done something wrong because my subscribers have gone down and my views have gone down like I just need to stay great and I need to get better if anything else because there are people who've been watching me for a whole year now and if it's the same stuff it's the same content kind of and it's the same quality then they're just going to try and find someone new and there always are people new coming in the, into the industry because there will be people who have gone into slime who have seen my videos and been like this is the quality and the standard that you have to be at I'm going to take it a step higher and then if you see that and you just think oh well I already have all these views and they don't have many and you keep it at that level you're not going to grow they're going to grow and then you're suddenly going to find yourself like below them and then below other people who have then seen them and grown from them so it's really about staying on the ball yeah I think um, another thing is I think we spoke about once before is um the concept of that your audience grows up. Mm. So I should say, yeah. if if like, if two years ago you were huge, you hit like five million subscribers, but then, you know, obviously you will naturally sleep growing and now you're on seven million. If your views and engagement is dropping, there is this possibility that the audience that really fell in love with you and helped you get to that stage and the growth was there, if now they've grown up, mm. it may be that your content just doesn't resonate with the people it was made for in the age group. So if you're making stuff for like, let's just say 16 year old, they like to watch prank videos. Three years later, those guys are now 19. They are no longer into prank videos. So you've lost your core base if you're still making prank videos. And if they're not resonating with the 16 year olds of today, then you're pretty much outdated and you could still have 5 million subscribers, but your views and engagement will drop. And most likely probably still making good money from like brands and other stuff. But at some point then it'll start to go wrong. Yeah. Because I think another reason I think people don't focus as much on the YouTube is when they start to do products and you have that constant kind of income from that, you're just like, well, I don't actually need the money from YouTube. But YouTube's the thing that's keeping you relevant and selling your products. So more than anything, you need to focus on YouTube. And um, yeah, what you were saying about people growing up, there have been people I've watched who had a really funny personality well I thought it was funny at the time looking back when it wasn't funny it was kind of immature and it's adults pretending to be like kids essentially and um when you're watching it now you're just like wow this is really not funny anymore and it's like this 28 year old like trying to appeal to like 13 year olds essentially and they have these personalities that they put on the internet and people have been like okay this is their personality but it's not their personality at all so if they change it they're kind of stuck in this um it's kind of trapped in a way because people are going to be like oh you pretended your personality was like this you're actually a lot like this but I think that I don't know it's quite hard because you do want to you like everything online is magnified and you want to be the funniest the prettiest like everything version of yourself 
And you're not going to start filming when you're like looking rough, hungover, like your hair's in a mess, things like that. You're going to look nice and things like that. So if you are putting that version of yourself out there and then all of a sudden you start being more yourself and the people who have come and gotten used to that version of you, they're then going to be like, well, this is a massive culture shock. Like, I don't want to watch it anymore. So I feel like you should be yourself from the moment you put yourself out there. You should be aware of your audience and you should really, really grow with them. Let's uh, let's move on to something which obviously, which I'm quite passionate about is like the yeah, concept of monetization. Mm-hmm. So right now you have... Um, you know, do you want to talk me to like what different ways you have currently set up that like makes you money almost? So I guess, you know, you have the ad revenue, like, you know, what is your business today? So let's just say Talisa Tossel, the business, how is it set up? Meaning like, you know, your revenue and etc. So when you're on YouTube, you're paid through Google. It's owned by Google and you sign up for Google AdSense. And there are different tiers that you can get paid at. So for most people if you get a million views you'll get like a a pound per thousand but if you're like zoella you'll get five pounds per thousand and obviously that's timesing your video by so much and another way you can earn a lot of money is by having a video for more than 10 minutes and then you can insert as many ads as you want but i also think this is where it's a massive downfall for people because this is something I've done because you become a bit greedy and you're like, okay, well, if I upload one 10 minute video a week, then I can put five ads in. So that's like I'm uploading five times a week and I'm getting all that money. And it does work if your content is really good and people are actually going to watch to the end. But if it's not, then those annoying skip after five second ads are going to roll every two minutes and people are just going to click off. And this is something I found really hard, actually, because I was getting so many views. I was earning the most I'd ever earned. And then I started posting these 10 minute videos with like four ads in them. And my sister kept saying like, oh, it's those skip after five second ads. Like, it's so annoying. I just want to click off. And I, you can't really change the ads that are rolling through. And I noticed that my views were starting to go down. And it wasn't because people weren't clicking anymore. It was because the audience weren't retained as much. So instead of staying throughout my whole 10 minute video with just one ad in it, and they were then being interrupted four times in a 10 minute video, which actually is a lot, isn't it? To be interrupted like every two and a half minutes is just annoying. And um, yeah, people just weren't interacting. And because the audience retention was down, you were then put on a lower ad rate and you're also recommended to less people so these are all things you really have to consider and it's very easy to be greedy and just put in like 10 ads and there are some people that do that and when that happens and you put in so many ads I don't think the five second ads are applied it's just the ones that you x so they do earn a lot of money but you just have to think about not annoying your audience because you want them to stay around you you do, and if they know that all those ads are going to come in then it is annoying but yeah my main income is from YouTube and I don't tend to do many um, sponsorships because I find that the more you do the less elite and exclusive brands are going to come to you and also when you do lots I know that I just I just skip the sponsorships on a lot of people if they do them all the time because I know that they're just doing it for the money and they're not doing it because they enjoy the actual stuff they're promoting but um, yeah sponsorships are a weird one because they do earn you a lot a lot of money but at the same time YouTube is what you have to focus on you have to learn how to do things that earn you as much money as the sponsorships and then you don't need to rely on other companies and it's what you said about building your own brand and becoming your own person because when you're relying on other companies 
then one day if you're not relevant anymore then what's going to happen but if you have your own brand and people you learn your own tricks and you have your own products then you're going to be fine yeah i guess that's what brought it on to then you know um you setting up like your own brand yeah um what was the thinking there so like after doing all the slime for this time you were like i want to create my own slime brand mm-hmm. you know tell me more about it well, I saw that everyone else was doing it and there was this one girl, I'm not going to mention her name, but she makes around £20,000 a month from just making slime and she has like three Mercedes. She's my age. Like I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm just making these YouTube videos. I'm not earning anywhere near as much as her. And um, yeah, I just thought I want in on this and I started doing the reviews, kind of getting a sense of what people are looking for because when you've got all this slime to compare you're seeing what's good what's working what feels nice and you can kind of get used to when you're making the slime recipes and products yourself you can kind of guess the products that are used in their products and then you're like okay well this is the recipe i can do this but the main reason for wanting to set up my own thing was first of all because it's really fun and cool to have your own products but also because it's interesting to see how many of your followers will actually buy it because it's one thing having hundreds of thousands of views a week but there is someone with like 40,000 followers whatever who can get a lot more sales than I can just because their audience is more engaged and actually needs the product and I think this is another problem with sign because it's a toy and it's a trend so it isn't something you need and because it's a perishable good it isn't necessarily that some someone something that someone wants to buy every week and it is quite expensive so you're just like mm. and then yeah it's one of those things you have to kind of make it quite special we were very lucky in that the slimes we made were very simple but they sold quite well but i think if we made bigger and better and more fancy ones people will really be keen on buying more but um yeah i think with the branding thing it's just about finding what people want to see and then just making money off it. For those people that don't know, so basically, um, I think Talisa got in touch with us and we got together to like make our own slimes. Um, we first actually launched some digital products. Is something not really popular at all in the slime industry. Mm-hmm. It is like in the fitness industry, which is kind of like making a slime guide or like a course and how to make your slime. We put that live as a little bit of test to see, like, do people buy? And we saw that the transactions were going through and um, then moved on to making the physical products. So there, like, Tisa came up with, I think it was, like, 10 different flavors um, in, like, different sizes. Um, We sold them as a pre-order. We had thousands of orders, which was awesome. And then literally just last week, we've, like, manufactured them and now the orders are going to the customer. So we've, like, been through the one whole cycle. It's been pretty cool. And now it's about the point of, like, figuring out what do we do from here? What more products can we sell? And um, is this something that can, like, really grow into, like, essentially, like, your own slime brand? And I think for me, that's, the I think, the key thing, right? That even though you have loads of views, all of that's very, very good. Can you then turn that into, like, a brand meaning like something where you can actually sell products because then it could become its own thing almost if you really you know um and and that's that's like the 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 bigger goal if you look at all the bigger people in the world let's just say if it's like kim kardashian or whoever like in the end they've made their own brand which made them the biggest money Mm -hmm. um because no show no brand no views is going to make you that much if you can get your brand to work for people like um is it kylie jenner is it that you know she's made 350 million 
And her other sister, Kendall, who is the more popular one or was... It's like 70 million, isn't it? Which is still ridiculous amounts of money, but in comparison... In comparison. So she's like a a Fendi model and she does all the catwalks. I think she's sponsored by all the biggest like fashion brands. And for any like normal upcoming like fashion person, that's the dream. You know, you're going to walk the catwalk on Chanel and you're going to be paid like millions of pounds. But her sister has like trumped her like five times in revenue because she released her own brand and she didn't chase like becoming a brand's like a face of some brand. Mm. And that's a very interesting comparison for me to see because it's what I believe in. And um, and at the main thing, the, the one sister that chose to make her own brand and follow that path has made the most money out of all of them. Yeah. Um, when the others chose the path of like having their own TV show or working with brands or doing events and and the one that decided to do, I'm going to do my own brand and fully focus on that and has made the most money even though yes I know there's a whole team behind them it's not one person and obviously it's a huge operation with thousands of employees but the fact is they've still managed to do it um, which is what I want to do with other influencers and like yourself you know like can we come and create a brand out of uh, what you got going on um, yeah no that's pretty awesome from my point of view yeah I completely agree and I do find it really interesting that Kendall does make so little because she is constantly in the press and it's like oh is she dating this person there's always photos of her like she's in the Victoria's Secret show like these are supermodels and they're so really they're huge and actually slightly going off topic I've actually found that mainstream celebrities are going onto YouTube like Victoria's Secret models just all of these actual famous yeah and like people of British liars like actresses everyone and I think they've just seen that gap in the market they've seen that it increases their popularity and they realise that they can also become their own brand and they're, they're finding it very appealing because it's so much more fun and to be like in charge of everything you're doing you know, is a Hada Beauty. She's gone. Oh, yeah, she's you know she, her makeup now sits next to Mac and all the other brands. And I, I've been to Dubai. I've been to Tokyo, um, in San Francisco. Everywhere that I went, there were more people standing on her stand buying the products than the Mac or the Benefit or the others. And I think that's just the future. Yeah. I really believe in ten years' time, all the major brands are going to be like owned by people. And they're going to be people's brands because people are investing into people. And because of social media, you're directly in touch with that person. Mm, you're not in so touch true. with a brand. A brand is very, very hard to have a Coke type of brand where there's a personality to the brand that you like or have such a strong brand. In this day and age, it's very hard to build a brand. you be extremely lucky and it's hard work to build a brand that people associate to, to have a personality. Mm. Then you would buy because of the personality of the brand. It's so much easier for a person to have a personality. The one brand that I actually think does the personality thing very well is Lush. Have you ever heard of them? And they are excellent. Like I know every time I go into the shop, they're all going to be very bubbly. And I think that in every industry you can be bubbly, but they did the amazing thing of going onto social media and they had this exclusive thing called the Lush Kitchen. And that was these exclusive products that you can only get when you like follow their Instagram. It's announced every Friday and then there's one new a week. And they recently shut it down and they're just doing like exclusive things here and there. But that account had like 400,000 things. And I know me and my sister who don't ever check anything regularly because we're just so busy, we would check it religiously. We'd send it to each other like, oh my goodness, they're doing this. And they post videos that they're making it. And you really feel like you know the people and in their products, they send you things like this product was made by Sam and there'll be a picture of Sam making it and it's like wow like you really know the people who are doing this and it's it's really about 
connecting with someone and not necessarily knowing them or knowing anything about them but just knowing that they are the person that's doing it and I noticed this when I was on my break as well they were just like where are you we miss you so much and they did notice even though they don't know me they know my voice and they know that like if they need tutorials or anything else like I will answer their questions and I will also do requests and things like that so it doesn't necessarily have to be you putting yourself out there to create that connection with someone but it is it, that connection like you said is so important because people buy into people yeah no that is just hard for brands of course it's possible it's just hard for brands to do i think it has been amazing from afar to see large influencers create brands that are like disrupting the brand market you know and um it's just a thing it's a chain effect that loads and loads of others in the next 5 to 10 years we will see more of um yeah i What's uh, next for you? So what's the plan? See, I've been drawing up a few things that I want to do product-wise and it isn't necessarily DIY stuff that I want to make myself. I'm thinking that I can sell things that people can then make slime with because when I go online, I know that some products just never in stock and I get so frustrated. So I think that if we could create a hub of just all of these supplies that people can play with stuff with and I can promote them on my YouTube then that would be a really great next step because I always get asked on recommendations of things to make in the UK and also if you're making it in the UK then it isn't very expensive to ship and then you know like everything you can source everything yourself and you can overlook everything which is a really important thing but that's one of my biggest steps but my biggest one like in general is to hit a million subscribers because my only goal on YouTube ever was to hit 100,000 so when I hit that I was like I have nothing else to do like this is all I ever wanted and then all of a sudden it's kind of crept up on me because when you're gaining 2,000 subscribers a day it is it's a lot of subscribers but you don't think wow like 2,000 people is going to amount to a million in like a year and a half you never think of it that way but it creeps up on you and suddenly I've gone from having like 400,000 last November to like 700,000 now and it's just insane how much you grow and like that's my biggest one because I'm just I think it will re-inspire me so much and I'll find new things and it will just really drive me but that's what I'm really working towards now and like I said if I don't hit it in six months I'm going to beat myself up I'm going to be like you have to do better but um, yeah slime product not necessarily things that have to be to do with slime either because like pva glue which is the main ingredient you can sell that anywhere like schools need it they buy it in bulk so you can just sell it to anyone and it's really important to don't worry we're gonna make a slime pack and sell it to schools (laughs) in the uk and then we're all gonna be rich and we got the government to buy it off us but Yeah. yeah youtube is the thing that i really want to focus on and putting myself out there a bit more having the confidence to all right, thanks a lot for doing the podcast. Thank um, you for having me. Where can people find you? YouTube, Instagram? All of my ads are Talisa Tossel, which is just Ta and then Lisa. And then there'll be like probably a name or link in the description of this podcast. But yeah, just Talisa Tossel. And I have four Instagram accounts and one YouTube thing. And I'm always replying to comments on YouTube. So if you ever want to get in contact, just contact me there. All right, awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you on the next one.